Hello and welcome back to The Late Comers. I'm Amity. I'm Lenny. And we are vaccinated. Yes, we are. Uh, we come to you sleepy and recovering from our one and done Johnson & Johnson vaccinations. We got them a cool four days before the country said don't get them. <laughs> So now yes. I, as a 18 to 48 year old woman, take stock of all my digits and make sure I don't go numb. I'm sure I will have no I'm problem. I'm absolutely hoping that you don't have a problem. And hopefully it doesn't slow down the vaccine. Mm. I'm not sorry we got it. I no, would get it, it again. <laughs> it is really tiring, though. It's it, yes. it really kind of threw us for a loop. My understanding is that when you have the two-shot process, um, your body has some time to get accustomed to the second shot. And uh, in this case, it's just kind of like a gut punch that happens all at once. And so I'm not recommending that anybody not take it, of course, but just be prepared or forewarned that it it can be more strenuous and more of a kind of a jump into a, a cold bath. Yeah. Set aside yourself some time. If you can yeah. do it on a Thursday or a Friday, do that. We were fortunate we did it on a Thursday, and then we slept through the weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. So we have had some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are leapfrogging over Mr. Mercedes' episode, or season three, because... Oh, no. Tell us why. Well, you know why. I know that, but I'm pretending to be the part of the audience. It's all... They should know as well. Okay. Well, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you know, because mm-hmm. I Facebooked and Twittered it. Twitted it? Twitted it. Sure. That's okay. what I did. Uh, cannot get paid for the app. Am paying for the app through May 11th, just FYI. Mm. Uh, hit play. Nothing plays. It does not play nothing. None of the programs. So yes, we're going to try it on your TV in right. your room instead of the living room TV where we had to get the app on the Xbox. But right now, we tried and failed. So rather than not doing anything, we just decided to go back to Hulu. The next thing that was on deck was season two of Castle Rock. So we started watching season two of Castle Rock, and that's what we're going to talk about. Season two of Castle Rock. Uh, And we watched the first two episodes, Let the River Run and New Jerusalem, uh, which we're going to talk about today. And then we will continue on through this and try and get the... Mr. Mercedes to work for next. If not, we're going to move on. We can only do what we can do. And so that's where we're at. Before we get started into these episodes, would you like to tell us how your week was? It was exhausting and I spent most of it sick. Actually, there was really not much to say now that I think of it. It was. I'm so glad that we did this. I, I wish we could share with them how strange it was taking the vaccine. In a way, we went to the Oakland Coliseum. We went to the Oakland Coliseum. And there was pylons everywhere. Pylons everywhere. And we were greeted by people. Are they pylons? Cones. 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 I've never seen that many cones. (laughs) Yes, it was a sea of cones. And I didn't, I wasn't able to take a picture that conveyed how many cones there were, unfortunately, because I would love to share that. But it was absolutely filled with these cones. And we had to follow this maze, like they were trying to trap the devil. They and snaked all of us, all yes. of our vehicles, through. And we were occasionally greeted by military personnel who... Looked like National Guard. Right. It reminded me of scenes from, like, the crazies. Quick, everybody, you've been exposed to a neurotoxin. That's sort of what it looked like. 
But anyhow, yes, it was a very strange encounter, and I'm sorry that we can't share it with you. So how was your week? I slept. I haven't painted at all, and I'm sad about it. I'm trying to do this acrylic April challenge, and I've done zero of it. Failure. But when I get back into town next week, I plan to buckle down and actually start painting. I am drawing. I'm trying to draw. What are you drawing? Shapes. Okay. So it's, you're doing abstracts. Right? I'm practicing shapes. Okay. Circles and triangles and squares and also parallelograms and rhombi. So let's talk about these episodes. Mm-hmm. So this season uh, is not a continuation of season one. It is a different storyline. We will have some threads that lead back to mm-hmm. the prior season, and we will see characters from the prior season in this. Uh, but it is not a Jane Levy story. Mm-hmm. It is not uh, a continuation of what was, what went on at Shawshank. Right. Or the the great weird noise that everyone's hearing. Right. Or, oh, sound. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. that is not a that is not a thing. So um, at the end, I'm going to go over this. Um, there's a Vulture article that has all the Easter eggs and and links. So we'll go ahead and, and talk about those as we go. The first episode is called Let the River Run, which is based on, is that Car- a Carly Simon song? Mm-hmm. Is it only a Carly Simon song or was I it like a spiritual? it was a song for, uh, and it sounds like a spiritual, for uh, Working Girl, Mike Nichols film. Gotcha. I need to see that movie. It's a great movie, and you should see the movie if you haven't seen it. I should see it. It mostly ages really well. There's a couple... Well, well there's going to be some really right. terrible workplace things, because... Which is one of the points of the film. Right. And nothing's gotten better. Uh, so we open with a young woman covered in blood, running through the forest, holding a box that has written on it, The Ravening Angel, uh, and the sound of typewriter keys are clacking, and she puts it down next to her, and it moves. Mm. It moves because there's a baby in it. You, that's a spoiler. Well, you know, this whole thing is going to be a spoiler. Is the baby's name Jack? No. Okay. Joy. All right. <laughs> so this woman, this young lady that we've seen running is our protagonist our lead character protagonist is good because it's not like you're the hero of our story no not nearly but we are on our side mm-hmm. for the most part uh she is a young annie wilkes uh, she is going by the name annie ingles she is played by lizzie kaplan who is channeling Kathy Bates. In a really weird and freakish way, but she's amazing in this part. So, sh- Kathy Bates played Ann Wilkes in the, or Annie, I should went by Annie even at that age, mm-hmm. uh, in the movie Misery. Uh, and this is a younger version of her, but in a current time, very much like if anyone is familiar with the show The Bates Motel, which was a prequel to Psycho that took place now. Right. Because 
time is a flat circle. Well, the idea is I that, like these reimaginings, but it is a little bit weird to call something a prequel when it takes place 40 years after the fact. Well, the idea is that I think that you're taking all the elements of the story and just updating it for a modern audience. I understand. So that they will... Because I, I don't think... I understand what they're doing. No, no but I mean, I, I've often thought about that myself. Like, why are we redoing this story in... Because the context gets shifted when you do it, that. Yes, but it's also, it's hard to do a period piece now. Like, honestly, I think cell phones shifted mm-hmm. storytelling in a right. big way. Mm-hmm. And and characters now, if there isn't a cell phone and there is a plot thing that really could be solved by a cell phone, I think it aggravates people when there's no cell phone, you know? Yes, <laughs> I, I think that... In this case, unless you're going to make a real commitment to trying to capture a time and place, it's difficult to maintain that for a modern audience because they really won't buy into it very right. much. And so, well, they th- may not. They may not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm not giving enough faith in modern audiences, but I really feel that with the Stephen King stuff, you want to try to update it as much as possible. It was updated a great deal. You shifted from yes. having the characters be children in the 50s to having them uh, be children in the 80s. Correct. Because we're trying to go with a modern audience. So in this case, also, it works, I think. I think it works well, and I mm-hmm. like that they're doing it, but it is something that's a little bit like jarring, where you're right. like, oh, this woman was in her 40s in the 80s. What's happening right now? Um, but we see a montage, right, of... Anne, or Annie, and Joy, and Joy is growing. She's growing through this montage, and we see Annie changing license plates, stealing drugs, singing along to mm-hmm. "Let the River Run," and doing that over this, and over and over it's again. It's a really <laughs> beautifully done montage. It is. It really I, is. Um, I just recently off TCM recorded the Magnificent Ambersons. Which has us, Orson Welles introduced the 10, I think it's like 10 minute introductory montage to get everyone in the sense of where the story takes place. Uh-huh. And it reminded me kind of of that. It's like we're editing and reducing it only to details that you need to see. Like, it just starts with, I'm taking drugs, I'm running out of the hospital with a bag full of drugs, yeah. I'm singing at the top of my voice. We also see what the drugs right. are. It's lithium and haldol that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. There's another one as well. Um, but these are antipsychotics right. or um, bipolar medications. Um, and we're seeing, yeah, the plates go on and off. At one point, there's a, in a driveway or in a, in a gas station, uh, a dude takes a picture of her plates mm-hmm. uh, and says, oh, we're, I'm on a hunt with my kid and we're collecting all 50 states and I didn't have this one. And he, she, you know, says, hey, we're, we're leaving a bad situation. Can you mm-hmm. delete that photo? And the gentleman does do that, which good. Which don't actually take... was a really a good use of of using a modern setting when she says we've had internet problems. Yeah. And so we're taking a break from the internet because right, we've it, had some issues. It was able to put that now that we are able to use that as part of the context of the story. Yes. It makes sense to go, Oh, I wouldn't want to publicize that. I wouldn't right. want to publish anywhere. Right. And yeah, don't take pictures mm. of other people's license plates, license plates. Just, like yeah. that's not, don't do that. But it's a good moment too. Cause it makes you think that perhaps they're being followed professionally. Uh, because we know that Annie's in distance is in trouble. 
Yes. And then we see them driving along. They're entering Castle Rock, mm-hmm. um, which is about to celebrate its 400th anniversary. And uh, Annie is looking to find uh, her next pill because her alarm has gone off. Mm-hmm. She, all of her bottles are empty. And while distracted, she runs off the road and flips the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty crazy abrupt beginning. But here we are. Annie Wilkes in Castle Rock. My dumb ass while we were watching the the, uh, the whole montage, which is about three three or four minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's not too long, but it's not short. Right. Uh, and I was like, I wonder where they <laughs> end up. Because I was thinking Mr. Mercedes takes place, you know, in Ohio or whatever. Right. So this could take place anywhere. And then I realized we were watching a show called Castle Rock. And realized that I'm and that was a twist in this not season. It actually takes place in the, the San Francisco Bay Area. It actually takes place more in Jerusalem's lot, yeah. uh, which is the a bit of a twist for this episode. Apparently, mm-hmm. Jerusalem's lot is real close to ca- to Castle well, Rock. They go to the trouble of actually making a map for you at yes. some point, so it's like here you are, and here's where this is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Gary yeah. is somewhere up in the corner of this map. So, a week later, we see uh, John Merrill, who goes by Ace. He is listening to the radio, driving to Salem's Lot, Jerusalem's Lot, to the mall that he runs um, for Somali immigrants, who or refugees, I should say, who have set up uh, businesses uh, under the auspices of this little sort of indoor mall with stalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a bit of a heavy. Uh, Ace Merrill uh, is a is a figure in uh, Stephen King's work. Same with his uncle, Pop. Uh, so we'll go into where they come from, you know, after we're done mm-hmm. talking about this. But those are character, main characters in the season. Uh, there's tension in the Merrill household or family, between Ace and his sort of, I guess they would be adopted yeah, cousins. Yeah. Um, Pop, they're not fully adopted, right. I don't think. Pop Merrill, mm-hmm. uh, who is Ace and, Ace, Ace and Charlie, I believe is the other one's name. The, his, uh, their uncle, Pop Merrill, played here by uh, Tim Robbins, who is great and also he's aged well i think we're pulling from stephen king universe right he was in shawshank he's in this he is the color of paper but he is also ill so that is (laughs) he he doesn't really i've never been a huge fan of his work oh really i really like there's been really liked him films where i liked him films where i didn't um but he's never been like an interest uh i've never had an interest in seeing his work outside of the specific thing that i'm watching but this performance, he just comes across as an actual person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I've always liked him. Yeah. Uh, and I do particularly like him in this. Uh, so he basically raised Ace and his brother, mm-hmm. even though he's their uncle, not their father. And then at the same time, a number of years ago, he fostered these two Somali youths, Abdi and Nadia is her name Nadia? Nadia H is her last name Nadia that's right so 
now Abdi is opening his own mall and Ace Valusi is poaching mm-hmm. the residents, the Somali uh, business people, to come over to his place. So there is this tension between these two people. Now, there's also a bit of Ace being... It might be race-based, but it might just be, why is he getting what I deserve? It seems to be why is he getting my thing? Yeah. Um, but it's it's pumped up by the local radio stations and other things in the community that there there are conserv- right. we hear conservative radio stations talking about Somalis. We even hear I mean, Pop l- clearly loves Nadia and mm-hmm. cares a lot for Abdi, and you know has done a lot for this community while getting you know making money off of them for sure. Yeah. Um, but also refers to them as skinnies, which. <laughs> Is definitely a slur. I am right. so sorry. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry to even have said it, but that is what mm-hmm. that I wanted to bring that up because it is, and he says it to Abdi. But there doesn't seem to be it, what we learn from, and, and again, this this particular episode is really well directed because things are done, information is conveyed to you in a really economical fashion. Yeah. Uh, both with the montage in the beginning and also this radio that we hear, which talks about this is, if we're going to place it chronologically, sometime after the horrible things that happened at Salem's Lot, in Salem's Lot. In Salem's Lot, right. Right. But we don't, what we get about Salem's Lot is that there Mm. were witches there. Right, Satanists. Um, They make that that distinction, which I like. And we don't, um, we do get... We're a year out from the previous season of Castle mm-hmm. Rock because the sh- prisoners are coming back to Shawshank. Right. So, and and there's a little bit of that on the radio. Um, then we find out, yes, in, Jer- in Jerusalem slot specifically, there is a, basically a refugee pocket. Right. A, um, would you call it a diaspora? I mean... Well, yeah, the like idea seems to be that the, the radio host, uh, you know, um, is complaining about is that there were ghost stories that kept people out of Jerusalem's lot. Oh, yeah. Then these Somali immigrants move in and they take over everything, which is And it's not even, I, I do want to say, it's they're not just immigrants. They are refugees right. from a war-torn area who have been relocated. They didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to live in Jerusalem's lot Maine when they were coming to America like I always (laughs) I think of these small places these sort of rural places with these refugee Mm -hmm. sort of pockets in them and I make sort of a not quite fair um, parallel to like if you're a foreign exchange student coming to the U.S. and you end up in a shitty place like we had we had a foreign exchange student from France in Clear Lake and I felt so bad for her (laughs) Right, you're coming from France to Clear Lake. To Clear Lake, and it's just like, welcome to America. This is really what you need to see. The version of California Uh that you were expecting, that you could even have prepared for. Like it, it was always wild to me. I was just like, wow, the shortest end of a short stick. (laughs) Like it's just, it's crazy to me. So similarly, you know, they weren't like bring on this haunted ass town in the right. middle of 
nowhere in Maine. Well, that's kind of surrounded is, by white people. First of all, it forms a very see. typical pattern, though, with fear of immigration, which is. We didn't want it, but they moved in, so now it's really valuable to us. Yeah, and there is that. But what, now they think that they can just take over, and I'm like, these are hardworking people who are doing their best to like. Right. Are their their country was torn away from them? Right. Are they just supposed to? So they really just wait to they die really now. Wanted like, to take over your, your vampire infested town. <laughs> yeah. It's they don't want to take anything over. They no, just they want just to want live it their right. Lives. But I mean, the, the, yeah, I just, I just, but it's that whole, yeah, that whole. There's a pie mentality, and if they get some, I don't get some, mm. and it's just. Well, it's, and I think that's really portrayed really well. And I'm not sure if it's this episode or the flashback in the next episode. Yeah, where you see uh, Ace go, you know. Yeah, what we see. The beginning of this relationship, mm-hmm. and Pop goes to foster these two kids, and they're in their teens, right. uh, Abdia and Nadia, and he brings them food. He brings them, you know, he he brings them uh, French fries and burgers and a vanilla milkshakes, and he gives Abdi the milkshake, and he's like, "You should taste, right. you know, taste it. No, it's good. You should try it." And Abdi drinks it clearly, like enjoys it and then says something in Somali to Nadia and Pop looks at him and goes, you just told her you she wouldn't like it, didn't right. you? <laughs> because he wanted to keep it for himself. And that was sort of when Pop and Abdi really get each other, right? right? And um, They're both a little shifty. They are a little shifty. They're businessmen, right? right? Like that is what he's like, you're going to make a hell of a, biz- a salesman, I think is what he says. And meanwhile, we see, yes, a teen, an older teen, Ace, and um, Charlie in the other room. And Ace's response is, where's my vanilla milkshake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great cutaway because it's like, where's my... You probably... You can walk over and get a milkshake anytime you want. Anytime you want. They've right. never had one. Right. And your only thing is, why do you get that for them and not for me? Right, exactly. And it's... It's... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it, and it does really sum up. Yes, it does. What supremacy? Was, um, that attitude, in particular, a, and, like, a, and a and a sort of exceptionalist uh-huh. attitude that we have in this country. Right. Um, yeah, it's 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 very it is very well done. You're right. like, oh, that tells uh, you again these tiny little very deft strokes mm-hmm. that tell you absolutely what you need to know. Yeah. To move forward. And there's so much that happens in these first two episodes, too. Yeah. So there's this back and forth. There's this tension between Ace and Abdi. Uh, and so Ace... Uh, and, and Ace is also the landlord of the Stargazer Lodge, mm-hmm. which is this... Uh, like a uh, motor court? I don't, yeah. It's hard to describe what it is and... In because California, we don't, really we don't have, have many things of these, like right. this, right? This is a can stay like it's a you pay month to month or week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, you get your own little lodge. Um, there's Wi-Fi there. Mm-hmm. There's a. It, it's almost like a mobile home court, right? That you that you rent a one in rather than. And these are just cabins, uh, but short term. But they're right. cabins, right? Rather than mobile homes, they are. They and, have. They seem to have foundation, right? And that is where Joy and. Annie are staying while the car gets fixed at the very least. And Annie has found a job at the hospital where she is trying to get into the drug thing so that she can make her her cocktail because we mm-hmm. find that she 
Um, she has a cocktail that keeps the voices at bay because the voices, the voices, y'all, they have started. But it's hard to get to the drugs because in Castle Rock, 80 to 90% of the patient intake is ODs, which means they have all of their drugs under very tight lock and key. Uh, So there's a few few different scenes of us watching Annie try and figure out how to get into the Those are really well done, too, because they're exemplifying her, or rather, exemplifying, no. They're demonstrating her mental state and her deterioration as she's because she's actively having hallucinations hearing hearing the typewriter typewriter, right you're seeing this kind of man with a bleeding face who keeps appearing to her Um, yes and so it becomes this real singular focus for her to try to either she knows that she can't like she can't um Get in solely by the keypad. She, she can't. The, the keypad is on the fritz, and she right. doesn't have the code. She's got to get Dr. H's mm-hmm. override uh, badge. Dr. H is Nadia, right. who Pop has sent to Harvard Medical School, and she is back uh, not because she wants to be, but because Pop has cancer, mm-hmm. is undergoing treatment, and she is there to take care of him. Uh, and her family. Well, and so she lives in Jerusalem's lot with Abdi is staying with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Annie's trying to get her drugs. We're we're finding about out this this uh, tension, the Somali tension in that mm-hmm. in the town. Uh, Annie fi- uh, hears Doctor H say that she left her badge at home. So Annie leaves and breaks into <laughs> Doctor H's house. Uh, at the same time as she goes and finds the bat to find the badge, she's upstairs in Dr. H's house. Abdi comes home, hears her, and comes uh, upstairs with a gun, which is not ideal. Uh, but just then, Ace and his deep KKK instincts mm-hmm. drives up on the house and throws two Molotov cocktails through the window. So Abdi goes and deals with that leaving Annie to sneak out back out of the house. Um, Annie goes back to the hospital, gets into the medicine room, is putting together her, like, go bag, basically, because she's also gotten her car back. So she's fixing to leave. As soon as she walks out of this hospital, Mm. she's going to go back to the Stargazer, pack Joy up, and get the fuck out. Um, But then, of course, she is caught by Nadia, who listens to her when she says, I can't, there's something wrong with me. Nobody could diagnose me, but I found the right cocktail. And she, but I can't get prescriptions because I'll lose my nursing license, which is not necessarily true, but probable. one of the close to true things that she says because she's a serial liar. She has to be. She is. Uh, and Nadia hears this. I think she takes into her account her uh, her oath to do no harm. She says, okay, we're going to do off-label things. Uh, and we're going to have to maybe make some tweaks. But what, is, what are your doses? What, are, what is your prescriptions? And Annie tells her and doesn't lie about it, says what it is. Well, and Annie so she's also, like, those are antipsychotics. Right. And she's like, it is what it is. 
And Nadia says, you know, I, I can get you this medication. Because she's also been doing good work while she's Annie's been there. Annie's been pushing Joy, pushes Joy at Nadia during this conversation. I have this daughter. I have, yes, you know, I have I to provide for right. my daughter. Also, she, like I said, she's been doing right. good work. Um, because at first, Nadia is like, what are you taking? Is it, it's Oxy, right? Mm-hmm. She figures that she's focusing on stealing. Right. Yes. But that is not what is happening. Uh, nobody takes lithium for fun. It is not a recreational drug. Um, so she understands what it, you know, that this woman really does need these drugs. Uh, the other thing that she understands is, like I said, she, when she came in, like there was the boards were a mess. She totally redid the boards. Mm. She's gotten everything organized. Like she's done she's really had good a lot of work here. Doing this at different she places, has. So yeah, she has. Meanwhile, we should say Joy, who is 16, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes, she is 16. We find out the next episode. I think she is 16. Um, and it's played by Elsie Fisher, who is a, w- was in the movie 8th Grade, which is a movie that I cannot watch. Okay. It's like a realistic look at how fucking hard 8th Grade is, how mm. like rough it is. And I, don't, I can't. I, my anxiety refuses to allow me to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I have heard nothing but good things about it, and I will vomit if I watch it, <laughs> so I'm not going to. But she uh, sort of makes friends with a girl named Chance and uh, a couple of other kids at the park. Uh, she has no friends. She is, They move around constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, You can see that she wants to make some connections uh, and has never been allowed to do well, so. No. So far, she's just been living in the fantasy world that her mother's created for her. Right. That there is an elusive laughing place that they must find. That they're going to find, yeah. There's two kinds of people. There's settlers, settlers and, and searchers. searchers. Which, yeah, we were gonna, I was going to get right, to at the but, end of this episode. But also, Joy is clearly drawn to chance, um, whether it's, you know, romantically or just by dint of this is a person I could have Mm-hmm. interaction with, like a connection with. Uh, and Chance is drawn to Joy as well. They Joy draws her a picture and Chance returns the favor by giving her an old phone because mm-hmm. she, uh, Joy She's says she doesn't one. have a phone. Annie gets her medicine from Nadia. She goes back to the Stargazer, talks to Joy, and is like, maybe we could stay here. Like, she doesn't have to steal these meds. Which right. means she doesn't have to immediately run, right? And she, um, we see at this point in the flashback of her running with the box, that is when we find out that what was in the box was a baby. Mm. So it appears that Joy is not Annie's biological, biological child. It's unclear where this baby came from. Mm -hmm. But we do see um, Annie doing an internet search where she looks up uh, herself, but then she also looks up her actual self, Annie Wilkes, who is wanted for murder in California. Oops. Speaking (laughs) of murdering. Speaking of murdering. So uh, Mm -hmm. she tells Joy, go ahead and, and go for a walk. Go get some drawing paper, she says. Meanwhile, we see Abdi going at, sort of getting weapons, letting Nadia know that Ace pulled some KKK shit and threw mm-hmm. Molotov cocktails through the window and uh, makes it clear that he's ready to confront him. And then Ace is questioned by the police about the fire. 
I don't know if it's the same police that we saw Pop pay off earlier this mm. episode or not, but we do know that Pop has police on his payroll. Right. Uh, and uh, Ace knows that Joy is a witness because she saw Ace prepping his Molotov cocktails. Right. And so Ace goes over to uh, Annie and Joy's cabin uh, where... Annie is making herself a lovely bowl of ice cream. He basically is like, I know who you really are because I give everybody free Wi-Fi as long as I get to go along for the ride. So he saw who she looked up. She, he also already knew that she had bogus plates because they, he had towed, he runs the tow shop right. and had towed the car and knew that the plates on the VIN didn't match on her vehicle. And... So he basically is like, you you and your daughter need to keep your fucking mouth shut or I'm going to say what I know. And then Annie jams an ice cream scoop so far down his throat that he dies. <laughs> I think that this is one of the most... It is a wild... Creative... It's insane. It's, methods. It's, it's the, so shocking right. and so, like... What's the word? It's almost surreal. The juxtaposition of uh, what an ice cream scoop is and does and what she does it for with okay. it. As, as a person who has taught people self-defense, though, mm-hmm. that's such a good idea. It, oh, yeah, for You'd sure. You'd have to be pretty strong to pull off the jamming it down his throat. Well, but she got on top cream, of it right. and pounded it down. Like, she was putting right. her, oh, her might and it. In, in it. But... Uh, that aside, that is a very creative and very effective way of killing somebody because you essentially are choking them to death. You're not, yes, you know, and there's a minimum of bloodshed. Yeah. So it, yeah. It's, it, it was very, very clever. Yes, uh, but then now she has a dead body that she needs to get rid of. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> then there's another like, I don't know if. The same song is playing again on the soundtrack. I can't remember. But she loads his body into her car, which Mm -hmm. fortunately she has back. So if she didn't, I don't know what she would do here. Uh, And she drives to the lake to dump him. She backs up against, she backs the the thing up against the, the, the shore of the lake and opens it opens the trunk up and then looks over and there's a dude fishing. So she's just like closes it and drives away. And then she sees the signs for the construction because the next day, and she'd seen it on the news earlier, they are putting the foundation for Abdi's Mall in. Mm -hmm. So she's going to go drop him under where they're about to drop a shit ton of concrete. Mm -hmm. And so she goes out there. Uh, She's now in Jerusalem's lot. And she drops his body down and uh, the ground collapses underneath them and both of them fall into a cavern and insects fly out. And that is the end of the episode. (laughs) So let's go over some of these things. Oh yeah, it is Working Girl. So we see Shawshank State Prison 18 miles that way at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that... We've got Salem Slot from Salem Slot. We've got Annie Wilkes from Misery. Uh, we've got Pot Merrill and the Emporium Galorium. That is the name of the store. 
which are in the Sundog, uh, which is in the collection Four Past Midnight. And Ace Merrill uh, existed even before Pop Merrill in the world of Stephen King. Uh, previously, we've seen him played by Kiefer Sutherland in Stand By Me. Mm. I think they get a dude that doesn't look dissimilar from right. an older Kiefer Sutherland uh, to play him in this. Now, which character was he again? Ace Merrill. Okay. So he was he's a character in Stand By Me. He plays the um he was played by Kiefer Sutherland mm-hmm. in Stand By Me. He's he's also in Needful Things. I don't know if he appears in the movie, okay. but he's in the book. Those are the biggies, I think, from that one. And then we go right into season or episode two, which is called New Jerusalem, which mm-hmm. is also a line in the movie in the song Let the River Run. So Oh, also they talk about they make reference to season one of Castle Rock where Annie says to Joy, I've heard things, massacres, kids vanishing into thin, thin air, which mm-hmm. we we well know about a young child who vanished into thin air in the, in the previous season. Uh, of course, Tim Robbins just being cast in this is a, yeah. is a callback. And uh, we see the bar, the Mellow Tiger, uh, which is a central location uh, from Needful Things as well, uh, and was a care was a a place that we saw. Um, I believe that's every time we see Jane Levy's character drinking there at the Mellow Tiger mm-hmm. in the in the first season. So episode two, New Jerusalem. Uh, we, it it picks up right where the first one left, leaves off, where Annie is in this hole with Ace Merrill's body. Uh, she goes over to look at his corpse and he appears to have uh, fallen onto a sarcophagus. There are skeletons, there are, uh, you know, coffins, but not even like real coffins, just like wooden boxes that are holding bodies. Uh, His body is covered in slime. Now, the skeleton inside the sarcophagus is slimy. There's grave markers everywhere. And then um, an engraving of a beetle on the wall, or maybe a scarab. Or it could be the insects that we see flying out. Yes. Yes, that's the other thing is later there are bugs. Uh, Annie keeps trying to climb out and she um, is unsuccessful. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're, first of all, you're not dressed for this. Uh, and then she sees like a little um, rivulet of water and she follows that to a sewer grate, which has fortunately has a ladder. Mm-hmm. And then she follows these. I'm going to call them sewers, but they're not really sewers because they're clearly not connected to sewage. Right. Uh, Until she finds herself at a spiral staircase going up. And the stairs lead to some sort of house or, you know, building. uh, And that has been covered in, like, graffiti. Mm -hmm. And she hears... Um, some grunting. She sees evidence of squatters and then finds two people having sex and, and explain, exclaims Christmas because 
She's still Annie Wilkes. She flees and she uh, runs out of this ramshackle house, which is the Marston house, uh, which, of course, is the Salem's Lot. Right, is the center of all evil in, in Salem's, in Salem's Lot. Lot. And then we have the credits, and mm-hmm. then we have a flashback. We've got this. This show is going to do a lot of flashbacks, especially in these early episodes, and it's almost impossible to tell that it's a flashback. Like they're not saying ten years ago, right. nineteen ninety four, anything like that. Uh, so we're in the mil- we're in some place that is where the military is, mm-hmm. and it's pop. Uh, seems a little bit haunted by his military experience. He is getting his chemo hooked up to him, and he is distracting himself by flipping through his accounts. Uh, Meanwhile, Annie has returned home. Uh, I don't... She covers up the hole, but I don't remember what she does. Like, she... She makes it so there's not just a hole in the middle of where she left. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she goes home, she realizes that her necklace, uh, is missing. Left behind at the crime scene. Left behind at the crime scene. And also, there is a person who can put that necklace with her because it had fallen off previously, and Dr. H, Nadia, Nadia Mm -hmm. herself had found it, and she's like, that was mine, uh, and is missing. Uh, Joy is like, where have you been? Uh, and Annie is like, we gotta go. I know I said that we could stay, but we should go. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. To which Joy is like, no. Right. But they, rather than sort of having it out right then, Annie goes into her room and closes the door. And Joy is like, is this an emergency? Which means that there's some sort of protocol for when Annie goes completely off of her meds and loses it completely, and Joy has to do something, which right. we will find out about later. But uh, at Pops, Nadia goes um, and lets her lets him know that, uh, hey, so two Molotov cocktails came through my fucking window, <laughs> and uh, it was definitely Ace that did it, and Pop. Um, rips the chemo out of his arm, which was an upsetting thing for me to see, and then gets up and is like, "Tell Abdi to Abdi to stand down. This is my mess to clean up, but don't just don't yeah. tell Abdi not to do anything." Abdi is not that kind of person, though. No, this is very clearly a personal offense, and he's been obviously there's some sort of issue with him and Ace that goes way back. Yeah, and then oh, it's Chris. Chris is uh, Ace's younger brother. And he runs the Emporium Gloriam. Uh, and then he uh, he's uh, he's at Ace's looking for Ace, but can't find Ace. Does find Ace's dog, who's a German Shepherd named Bobby Orr. That is a <laughs> right. fantastic name for a dog. Uh, who hasn't been fed, so he or let out, so gives him some water, takes him outside, and the dog is like beelining to. Annie and Joy's cabin, which of course is the last place on this lot that Ace was. Meanwhile, we can hear Annie and Joy yelling at each other because Joy is like, I'm not going anywhere. And Annie's like, get in the car. Chris apologizes to Miss Ingalls Mm -hmm. for the dog's behavior. And Joy storms across the grounds and she falls and cuts her hands on a rusty bicycle, which was 
This was really hard. That scene is hard to watch. Just the idea that she spills and that she, as we later on find out, ruptures the sutures that were put on her hand by yes. her mom. Yeah. So it was just a big, gory, horrible mess. Yes. Uh, and then we see another flashback, and it was, it, it looks like the refugees are newly entered, and they're in a church. Uh, the refugees have newly come, so we have the, the preacher of the church talking to the the new Somali population as well as the there there are white congregants as well mm-hmm. uh, and basically saying um that we that pop after hearing about what happened in Somalia he insisted that they come here and he is uh offering up one of his warehouses um for any of them to open a, a small mm-hmm. business um and then in the present, we see Pop looking for Ace. Uh, and one of the places he goes is the Mellow Tiger again, the bar, where they're having a town hall meeting, which, classy. Right. <laughs> that is a classy-ass place for a town hall meeting. Uh, and the, I think they're talking about the 400-year anniversary, and they're also talking about, oh, they're talking about how Salem, Massachusetts makes a ton of money off their witch... Um, history, and if Salem's Lot just embraced its witch history, then they could make money in, in a similar touristy way. And uh, Pop interrupts that they weren't witches; they were Satanists. That they made a deal, bad deal with the wrong hombre, and we've been making bad deals with them since. Which is, I think, also a reference to needful things, right? right. Like. So, mm. meanwhile, we've got Ace's stooges, henchmen, business associates. I think that she could, yes, <laughs> slash Are at the slash. Somali mall looking for, uh, instead of just their weekly bid or whatever, they're also looking for Ace and they're trying to pump the tenants for information because they also think that Abdi had something to do with it and they may know something about it. But then they get kind of run off mm-hmm. Um because Abdi's men now outnumber Ace's men. It's going to be... There's going to have, like, a tiny civil war. It's going to be a mess. Uh, at the hospital, uh, we see uh, Annie has brought Joy in to get her stitches done. And she needs a tetanus booster. I'm like, yeah, she does. I don't care if she had a tetanus shot yesterday. What she just fell into, yeah. she needs a tetanus shot. And is that something <laughs> that we should specify uh, to describe? the? If you're not watching along with us, the kind of... Mm, motor court, cabins, I'm not sure yeah. exactly what to call the arrangement. It's not a pretty place. It's, it's not. It's, it's run down. Run down, it's covered with rusted, there's like a rusted water tank that um, that the kids are playing at all the time. There's pieces of junk left behind that are just spoiling out there. So yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's kind of heaps of wreckage like the rest of the town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she just fell into a nest. Yeah. Just a, just a, oh, ooh. But Joy doesn't want Annie to come with her. And Nadia's like, she's 16, right? And mm-hmm. Annie says, yeah. And she's like, she can deny you right. entrance. I will take care of her. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then, you know, Nadia kind of pumps Joy for information gently. She's gentle about it, but... She's like, who, you know, who did these stitches? And she says her mom did them mm. at the at home 
you know, after the accident. And she says, you know, you guys move around a lot, right? And she and and Joy says, yeah, we have to. Nurses have to, or they lose their license. Right. So says. it starts because which I think you see right. Nadia's face, and Nadia doesn't dispute it. But you can see it. it's like sh- right. a shock to her. It, it, and I think when Joyce says it out loud, uh-huh. she realizes how ridiculous that sounds. The converse, she believes it. She really starts because Joy reveals that she hasn't, she feels funny because she's never been on anesthesia before. Yes. Which is, well, who put your stitches in? My mom does. Yes. Uh, with who no anesthetic. Your, teeth? your mom does. Your mom. So she's doing dental work. She's yeah. doing things on Joy without ever taking into consideration the fact that she's feeling everything. You know, she's yes. just, which is horrifying. Yes. And also puts a different complexion on her relationship with her daughter because I care for you so much, but I can't afford exposure to the extent to where you'll be in a horrible amount of pain. In a, in a lot of your pain, teeth, yeah. While I stitch up your It's hands. not to say, I mean, I think they put her on a stronger, like they gave her something more general. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that she stitched up her hand with no local. We mm-hmm. don't know that. Well, because um, mm. that's yeah, that's wild. But um, I think Joy also, when she says, you know, she has to move because nurses have to or they lose their license. Yeah. When she says that, I think she realizes, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, right. every nurse just moves from place to place. That doesn't. What? But when you're a kid, and this is the only truth that you've been told, right. it makes perfect sense until you're confronted with actually stating it, and then it's like, oh, maybe that's not... But that's a moment for her, though. You can read where she begins to understand that her whole life is a construct that her mom has been in charge of. Yeah. And then in the waiting room, Annie hears a child say that they want a hot fudge sundae, and then she has flashbacks to... The ice cream she'll never eat. She's never eating ice cream again. Yeah. That is a thing I am sad for Annie about. But then she takes a pill and turns back to reading a book called The Viscount's Bride. Uh, uh, Then we see Abdi sort of uh, lamenting Ace and their fights back and forth. We do see this is when we get the flashback of Pop fostering, or you know, when he signs the paper to foster Nadia and Abdi and buys them the the meal and begins to bond with them mm-hmm. with the with the milkshake. And then, yeah, Ace and Chris watching from the next room, and Ace bitterly wondering where his milkshake is. Uh, in the in the present, we see Chris checking on Nadia. We can see that he cares about her. Uh, and he apologizes for a drunken voicemail message. And she says that given everything that's going on, especially with Ace and Abdi, uh, it's not a good idea, which means something may have been going on or may be going on, or he may want something to be going on. She's beautiful. We should say, yeah. uh, and Abdi, you might recognize from such films as such films as uh yes he was in Captain Phillips he is the captain now mm-hmm. that is he is the actor that <laughs> that does that role I have not he's seen very that good in the film I I saw it uh, oh a while ago yeah I wanted to see it but yeah, I never he's, did he's very good uh and then 
there's this back and forth. There's this weird power vacuum that's happened because Ace is missing. Nobody mm-hmm. knows where he's at. Pot confronts his um, sort of little henchmen uh, for being bullies at the Somali mall. And they're like, fuck you. We don't work for you. We work for Ace or whatever. And Pop is, has already said to Ace, like, you didn't earn anything. Everything yeah. you have, I fucking gave to you. We see Pop opening Ace's cabin, and the German Shepherd runs directly to cabin 19. So he is like, you know, this dog knows something, right? Like half the town, he's not an idiot. Yeah, yeah. At the hospital, we see Joy uh, searching on her cell phone. Very this This directorial choice is clunky. We see her going... You know, talking into the cell phone search right. these search terms out loud. She's just telling the phone right. to search Which them. I suppose is what you'd have to do given that she can only use one hand. Yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe that's true. I forgot that she... Yeah, yes. her hand's mangled and numb, yeah. and so she has to... Yeah. yeah. And she kind of confirms her suspicions that Ingalls is a pseudonym uh, because she can't find any record of any right. of them, of either of them. Uh, and Annie's looking around trying to find Joy's hospital room and she runs into Pop in the hallway and he starts asking her about Ace's disappearance where she concocts this story that he had come and threatened her and then he saw a car pull up and ran off into the woods and then uh, the guy in the car ran after him and she thinks he had a gun and he's like, "Who, who was it? And she's like, I'm not a racist, which is how you say it was right. a black man. Uh, and she, yeah, right. and then she knew Pop makes that the conflict. assumptions that he's going to make. She knew enough of that conflict to be able to manipulate everyone exactly. involved. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then we see at the construction site, Abdi is ambushed in his office and kidnapped by the police officers uh, on Pop's payroll. It is upsetting yeah. to see yeah. four cops put a bag over a black man's head and put them in the ba- put him in the back of a cop car it's rough it was this was 2 years ago it was rough then it is rough it's now much rougher it now. is yeah. it, it, i was just like <gasps> it's not good uh we see then that abdi is uh locked or like um tied to a chair pop is smoking his pipe it's weird Y'all, it's weed. <laughs> uh, and uh, then we see a flashback. Oh, this is where we see the flashback where Pop and Abdi are talking. Uh, and Pop says, "You know, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the mall, and it's going to be yours. And uh, I was wondering if you and Nadia might want to be adopted." Um, for to make things easier legally down the road, he is at in that scene. He's also smoking his pipe, so he's probably already been diagnosed with cancer at this point. Right. Um, and he's concerned with you know how everything's going to be distributed when he dies, because when you want a little tiny baby crime empire, you can't really put that shit in a will. Like you gotta work some shit out. He says. You will inherit the mall when you when 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 I pass. Your people, your milk cow is how he refers to it. 
And that's when he also uses that word Trim that skinnies. I said before. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but now, now they're a little bit less amiable. Uh, Pop has Abdi tied to a chair. It starts asking him where he dumped Ace's body. Abdi is like, first of all, you're not going to fucking hurt me. And second of all, I don't know where the fuck Ace mm-hmm. is. I didn't do shit. And y'all, he didn't. He didn't. And, uh, He's like, well, you can't, you're not going to do anything to me because then I tell Nadia about you and you can't let that happen. So we know both from Ace and from Abdi that there's a secret over his head. There's a secret over his head and that it has to do with the death because Abdi says, uh, you hoped that I killed Ace so then we'd be even. Right. That's true. And Pop goes outside, has another flashback, and then brings uh, the dog into the warehouse and begins threatening Abdi with the the dog. But then Pop starts to have a seizure and he collapses, still holding onto the dog's leash, which is good because that dog really wants to fuck Abdi up. Back at the Stargazer, Annie and Joy had returned to Cabin 19. Joy is like, what are we running from? I, I broke the rules. I went online. Uh, I know there's no no uh, sign of us anywhere online. Like, there's no trace mm. of either of us. It's like we don't even exist. And then Annie's in the car, and that's when the big beetles start landing on the windows of the Jeep. Which I think the way that they land is sort of this plop. It seemed almost to be it's, referencing the mist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, and it was, I think it, they may have used the same sound effects. Right, because it, it that does. That sort of buzzing... Right. And then, like a plop and a click, right. almost. Uh, and then she looks through her back window, and she sees Ace standing there, staring at her. Which is bad, because she definitely, definitely shoved an ice cream scoop through his head not not two days ago. With the best intentions as well, I have to say. And that is where this episode ends. Uh... I want to see if there's any outstanding. So the Marsden house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, uh, in the flashback when they, he adopted them, the milkshake and the burger comes from Nan's Luncheonette, which is uh, like a classic location. It's featured in the Dark Half, in It, in the Sundog, and then it's also name-dropped at the beginning or uh, in the first season of this show. So, those are all the Easter eggs. That is what has happened until now. Uh, I forgot how much I liked this season and how much crazy shit happens in each episode. The (sighs) previous season was this sort of long, slow burn. This one is not that. This moves by at a much quicker pace. And I'm looking back at uh, shows that we've seen recently, like Mr. Mercedes, for instance. Where it seemed like, as you mentioned, it was contracted for ten episodes, and so we're going to just stretch things out. Yeah. Have whole plots that go nowhere, have characters that, for no reason. Um, to me, the second season of Mr. Mercedes, the whole telepathic plot goes absolutely nowhere in the story. And so you're going in the end, like, what was the point of all that? Um, so it felt like there's almost too much going on here. In the first episode, we get a murder, we get the firebombing, we get all sorts of things. But it... I don't know. I like it. I th- uh-huh. Because I think we're seeing one 
conflict in this town, mm-hmm. and then these new people from out of town and how they run into that conflict. Right. Then there's a whole, I mean, the thrust of the supernatural in this season hasn't, we haven't even a lit, lit on it. Yeah. Well, we're it's, it's, we're about to. We're seeing bugs. <laughs> there are bugs, and, and the there's a sta- there's Ace Merrill standing behind her right, car. Right, but the idea that which you, of course we don't know if that's a hallucination right. at this point. The fact that we start in the Marsden house is a really bad sign, knowing what we have known from now two different adaptations of Salem Lot about the Marsden house um, and its history. So this is like the Overlook or something. It's a oh, that was the other thing is uh-huh. we saw that Abdi's one of Abdi's men had gone to the Marston house because mm-hmm. um, they thought uh, that somebody was there and had done some damage to the uh, to the construction site yeah. uh, and had trespassed over there. So they were trying to run off any uh, uh, squatters. And he goes into the Marston house, and there are tents set up in there. Mm-hmm. We don't hear anything, but he's looking around, and he's looking for somebody, um, and he's like, you know, time to get out of here. We know you're trespassing on our property. you got to go. Uh, and he is uh, struck with an axe from behind and killed by whom? By persons could unknown. could not say. Yes. We're assuming it's a person. So, yes, I'm not going to assume that. Something unknown. So so that has also happened at the Marston house. Uh, so we have Ace is dead, and this other dude is dead, except now Ace is back. Taranta. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we're at. So next week we're going to watch uh, episodes three and four. The uh, titles are Ties That Bind and Restore Hope. Okay, well, that's promising. So that's what we're going to watch for next week. It's a lie. In the meantime, uh, do you have anything that you would like to recommend to our listeners? I have unfortunately spent most of the last week between that recording and this unconscious, so I don't have something to recommend. Um, in terms of media. However, I do recommend sleeping because it's doing wonders for me right now. Sleeping is kind of the best. Yes. Um, Uh, You don't want to recommend all the Godzilla you were watching yesterday? Well, I recommended those ones in the past. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Uh, I did a Godzilla marathon for the legendary Godzilla movies, and that's all I stayed awake for. I don't know if you were awake for the whole thing either. I was sick. Godzilla makes me happy. That's right. What about you? Two things. Two things. One, I finished the television show The One, which we had spoken about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like it. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a second season, and it does end on a cliffhanger. So if that irks oh, you, turn back now. Uh, two, I have been binging Ink Master. All of the seasons are oh. on Paramount+. Plus. The first two seasons are on Netflix, so that's where I started watching it. Uh, it's very nice to have on in the background. You don't have to pay too much attention to it. It is a wild premise for a TV show, and they've done 13 seasons of it, which is just so many people getting tattooed for a reality TV show. It's insane. Uh, if you like 
you know, competition reality shows about people who know what the fuck they're doing and are the best at what they do. And also you might want to watch people make terrible, terrible choices that they are going to have to live with forever. This well, is the show for you. The good thing <laughs> is I think that you don't have to live with them forever now. Which no, is you something don't. I like. That's true. Because there was a moment in one of the seasons when you were watching it and I was around where somebody got a, a full back tattoo of a zombie screeching out of their back. And it I don't was remember this. a design that was really this this tattoo artist was really enthusiastic about. And I guess by pick of the draw he got a woman in maybe her forties. Who thought, you know, she'd signed up to be one of the canvases uh-huh. for this show, and this is what she's getting. That's a I don't remember this. I'm s I've started all the way back on season one. So now I'm on season two. I watched almost the entire season on um season one on Sunday. Uh well, we were both sort of Logie and uh-huh. you know, sleepy. And they bring what they want. Like they tell you what they want. Now, granted, you have, as the artist, have to do it in your style and mm-hmm. make it work with the challenge. So nobody has gone that far off script yet, mm-hmm. but, you know, 13 seasons. So right. we'll see what happens. Um, I, it was re-brought to my attention because it was mentioned in one of my embroidery cross-stitch groups because they apparently in a later season have a cross-stitch tattoo like challenge mm-hmm. uh, and I was like oh that's rad I'd like to see that and then I was like I wonder if they ever do watercolor because I never saw a watercolor challenge when I was watching the show and I hadn't seen the first couple of seasons right. since I think they were on uh, but now they're all on and it goes down smooth man it's just so good okay. so that has been my jam the last few days and I probably will just power through for the next couple of months just having that on because that like earlier today when I finished my work I was like I want to draw and you know watch tattoos and so I did and it was good <laughs> so I recommend it and like I said there are two seasons on Netflix all the seasons on Paramount Plus which is what used to be CBS All Access but now is Paramount Plus so okay all right so next week season two episodes three Three and four four Mm -hmm. of castle rock all available on hulu watch it with us you don't have to have watched uh castle rock season one there's no relation so you don't even have to have i'll go so far as saying you don't have to have read all the stuff no that's involved with it um they're fun Easter eggs if you know right. what they're referencing, but they don't require it's you to know required anything. not to, to required knowledge. There'll be things that'll be... Like, I, it, it had not occurred to me that Ace is the same Ace. Yep. Possibly because the other film is very clearly a period piece, so it's like, oh, wait, that can't be the same. Oh, no, I guess if we're updating everything, it could be. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a neat thing to find out, but by all means, watch it. It's a great piece of drama. If you have questions or comments or concerns, please email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us, find us on Facebook uh, by searching uh, latecomerspodcast in the search bar, or you can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. Uh, I remind you to take your medicine, stay hydrated, and get a vaccine as soon as you can, and we remind you... Better late than never.